Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Fringe Binge, Daily Doses from the Edinburgh Festival. Episode 3, I can't believe I've made it, but I can't believe you've come back because this is an excellent podcast. Thank you for joining us again. You all credit to yourselves and your family. Thanks for coming. On today's show, I speak to the incredible Justin Morehouse, who a lot of you will know from his many TV appearances from Live at the Apollo to Phoenix Nights. And this conversation really went into some directions that I didn't expect us to. He speaks very candidly about his current Edinburgh show, his life, his past Edinburgh experiences. I've put the episode out as a solo one because I didn't want to cut too much out because Justin does talk about some subjects that um, I think are quite important to leave on. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy the episode. And we start off with me describing the surroundings in classic style. Um, I'll start off, Justin. I'll, uh, I'll intro... And I'll do a nice little where we are. Mm-hmm. I won't give you a dress. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sat here with uh, my friend and comedian, Justin Morehouse, in his uh, palatial... Can I say palatial? You could say palatial, but that would be stretching it. I, yeah, I know. It's not got pillars or anything, but it's a, a very nice uh, flat quite near the meadows in Edinburgh. It is. It's, uh, we are on the meadows in the quarter mile residence, former hospital site used to be so yeah so it's a nice flat uh, i'm here on my own for the month just nice being on my own just but this is nice it's a good idea i think like like you say you, you're, you're not a party animal no no those days have gone hung those boots up a long time ago oh yeah what's the biggest party you ever went to Justin? <laughs> what was the hacienda really like <laughs> i was with my son the other day and was outside the hacienda apartments in manchester oh yeah and i went to him used to be a nightclub that and he looked and he went oh fucking hell <laughs> Well, that uh, is depressing. I used to go to the Hacienda, though. I mean, that joke isn't, like, too far off the mark. And did you actually, did you go full-on glow sticks? Full, no glow sticks, but full-on chewing my own jaw off. Wonderful. I remember one night bouncing an imaginary ball between me and another man. It was kind of a strange <laughs> thing. What I liked... He's still bouncing it. Yeah. <laughs> Just what in I the liked, car park. <laughs> what I liked about the Hacienda was, more than anything, right, I'd world-class DJs from around the world, like yeah. the cutting edge of a music scene, everybody into it, like everyone partying, dancing and everything else. The food was incredible. Was it? It had a little snack bar thing and it had like, because it was quite modern for its time, so it had things, yeah. you know, like people were buying salads in the <laughs> evening. <laughs> I mean, I went a few times. It wasn't like I was there every week, just like, yeah, yeah one of the regulars, yeah, just walking to the front of the queue. And, and you know what? Manchester, living in Manchester... 20 years after it's it's better place it's better now yeah, that yeah. paved the way do you know what I mean and and this is not about the fringe is it no no sorry I've got really gone off topic I've, yeah. I keep getting told as well to stay on topic let's stay on topic now sorry for your new show stretch and think is on at 7 30 at the gilded balloon yeah uh you do the gilded balloon every year don't you I have done for like the last few years yeah the last few times I've been up to the fringe kind of like it the people are really nice yeah um I'll, it's you know I, I think sometimes I always categorize things like I like like the pleasance to me seems a bit posh for me mm. it probably isn't I've done the pleasance a number of times but it seems a little bit posh like Daryl's gigs just the tonic they're like needle exchanges aren't they yeah that's and why I'm there <laughs> I'm not even doing a show <laughs> just hanging out with some old friends we used to say, one, you know the one that used to be at the bottom of the hill? It's, I don't think he's got it this year, has he? I don't think that's my venue. <laughs> no, 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 the bottom, near the grass market on the corner. Oh, God, yeah, that, what, that actually was. With a was sink a... on the stage. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> just the tonic needle exchange. <laughs> the Gilded Balloon's really nice. I love that building, the, where the, you know, the Tiffany building. Yeah. It's a beautiful building. 
and uh, yeah, I feel very much at home there. I'm in a different room, normally in the dining room, but I'm in the billiard room. Yeah. Which is good. And right on the side of my stage is a, a cue rack. Nice. <laughs> for the billiards. Do, do, you, do, you, do you get people coming in to get the cue? Get <laughs> yeah. the, uh, what's the extender? Yeah. <laughs> it's like that old joke, isn't it, about there was a, um, a, a show on in the uh, Fringe one year, a free show, you know, in one of the pubs. Yeah. And it was, the show wasn't going well, and the comedian had two people in the front row, and one said to the other one, there used to be a pill table in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know I might I might put one in my room, <laughs> fill it out a bit. <laughs> Definitely snooker. That's what I need. You're doing it? well, mate. Don't you? Don't oh, I don't know. Yourselves. I don't know about that part. The uh, yeah, because it's a nice little buzz around that. Yeah, that area is well. nice, and yeah. uh, I like the building. I like the people, and you know, it's, it's fine. I'm, I I take a very sort of like low key approach to this whole thing, mm. whereas I think. You know, you can spend loads of times spending loads of money in advertising and putting loads of posts up and having the most flyers and doing all the podcasts and everything. But really, I think for people like me, what works is word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I know very, very much I'm not in the groovy gang. Do you know what I mean? No, I'm I'm ne- not, I, yeah. I've never been. But you have been in it. I mean, your time has gone. But I mean, Very briefly. <laughs> I think I just went through the turnstile, just kept going and came back out. <laughs> You're a bit of an Edinburgh fixture. I mean, you've got a little bit of kudos. You've got things you can put on your post. You've been I've never been, I've never been in, in any kind of consideration. Really? For any of the awards or any of the... I've had, I've had above average reviews on average. I've but never you... had the massive five star, this is the darling of the fringe... And I think there's two things for that. I think I'm a, I think I'm a, a decent comedian, and I think I'm I, I know I am. I'm a good comedian. I know mm. what I am. I can do I can do the job, and I really like doing it, and I like surprising people when they come to see me. But I'm not, you know, I'm a bit, you know, I'll be honest. I'm pale, male, and stale. You know, I'm a middle aged white guy, and that's not but me saying. Oh, and it's not fair. If I was a black lesbian dwarf, I'd be... It's not me that's saying that. That's the clip we'll use, though. <laughs> you can use it, mate, because that's the truth. I'm not complaining about that because yeah. I'm all for people being represented from all walks of life. So I just come up and do my job and, and enjoy it and get an audience through word of mouth. And I say to the audience, tell your friends if, you, if you've liked it and they'll come. And if you've not liked it, then, you know, no one likes the grass. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think you do yourself a disservice saying that, particularly, because I do think... I, I've seen your previews before and it and it's like even when I can see you doing the work I was like that's going to be rock solid by the time you get here mm-hmm. so I've seen you do previews and I was like god I wish I could have an hour of stand up that good <laughs> and then I come up and I go because it's writing an hour of stand up is yeah. really hard like, I, I do all these silly things which I always think oh that's good but really it's, it's all I, tricks though Phil yours are yeah. just like crafted and kind of sta- you use stagecraft and things like that all stand-up is really kind of creating diversions and mm. making people think one way, then they think the other way. You just do it on a bit of a grander scale and, and you, you sort of write shows that you can only really do in Edinburgh. That's the problem. It is a problem to... sometimes <laughs> because, you know, you, you, to take that, uh, you know, your show, I, 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 this, is, this is not the let's talk how great Phil Ellis show is, this is a let's talk oh, about how great it? Justin is <laughs> episode. But I think your shows have been some of the most inventive and interesting and funny and, you know, shows that people still talk about. And that's the Edinburgh experience as well. So there's di- different ways of going at it. But I walk I'm around this town, I'll be honest with you, and I was glad to talk to you about this because I see some posters, including my own, mm. and I look at them and I think, what a bunch of self-important people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> look at the state <laughs> of us. Look at us. I Just... Guess. 
what is going on? I'll tell you, no, you're exactly right. I've only got like a few, but I've got one biggish one. Yeah. Because I thought, because I did my last ever show, I need to go, oh, I'm here. <laughs> but I got the poster draft back. Have you done this before as well? And I went, come on, mate. I said, photo shot me a bit. I'm like, I look like shit. Well, I mean, I look. Have you seen my poster? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I have, yeah. It's yeah. a cartoon. <laughs> I've gone, do me Matt's flat 2D. Yeah. I don't need anything else. Yeah. It, Car- it, if you, I'm that ugly that I've had a caricature done. <laughs> You're gorgeous, man. Inside and out. I, um, yeah, I've, I, I know exactly what you mean. I've, how do you feel then about... Because we all put a budget aside. I think it's good to say, look, I'm here. Mm-hmm. But then it goes to the next level. Like I've seen posters for people that are doing a three-day run that sold out and they must have spent three, four grand on mm. posters. It's weird, isn't it? That is an ego trip to me. It is weird. One year I had a, a budget given to me by a DVD company. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't because I was great. It was because my agency had a big deal. And they sort of went, you want John Bishop? You want Jesse Manford? Then you have to pay for everybody else as well. So that's the deal we yeah. got. And I ended up getting so much money, but I had to spend it on promo. It wasn't, I couldn't have the cash. Hmm. I was like, give it me and I'll, I'll be happy with that. You know? So I spent it on marketing. And um, I had posters bigger than my stage. Yeah, Some of the posters were bigger than the stage I was performing on. And I had posters all over town that when I went for like meetings afterwards with people from the BBC and things like that, who'd not been to my show, but they'd been in Edinburgh, they went, oh, you had a great festival, didn't you? Yeah. Just by looking at posters, it's just... Yeah. The, so, um, how many fringes have you done? Because so, I was looking to try and find out what your first fringe show was, and I couldn't find... It was 20, uh, 20 it was 90, uh, 2000, I think, was the first one I did. I think 2000 I did the Daily Telegraph Open Mic Award and a few gigs with Toby Foster. Can you imagine what that was like? Because <laughs> he was running a gig on the grass market. I can't imagine Toby bowling around uh, Edinburgh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I did that, and then 2001 I was in the BBC New Comedy Award final. Yeah. And the same year, I did a, a three-hander with me, a, a lad called uh, oh, Luke. Oh, I've got his name now, but he's given it up now. He's a he, Luke Ponte. Luke Ponte. Yeah, That's he's a, a barrister name. now. Oh, yeah, and he'd he'd been living in LA and was being a comic there. Was friends with Steve Martin, and wow. he was quite a posh guy. And Josie Long. Oh, so cool, there's three of yeah. us in this thing, and we called the show the Comedy Clone, which was a, a rip-off <laughs> of the Comedy Zone. And uh, we did a, a big room in the Pleasant Dome, and there was some nights there was twelve people in, mm. but at the weekends we used to sell out. It was such a oh, weird great. experience, but that was good. Did that, and then I had a bit, and then I did Big Value the year after that, I think, which was which was all right. But you you would have been known to people. People would have seen you on TV at this stage. I just sort of broke through then, and I was yeah. just it, like, broke through. I was just I'd been in Phoenix Nights, and and then I didn't do anything. And I think I came back in about two thousand and. Seven, I think mm. I did a, my first solo show, and management at the time uh, advised me not to do a best of. Really? Yeah. Which uh, any advice I give anybody now is just do a best of. Yeah, that is. Ret- I remember a friend of mine who's a really good act. I want to say they are. Did the same thing. Went well. I've been gigging on the circuit for for years now. I don't know. I went. Why aren't you doing your best stuff? And it was all new, and it wasn't. I was like, you're such a good act. Yeah, it's yeah. A strange, but I suppose a bit of it. What Mickey Flanagan did. Yeah, that's what you... That, made, that, you made a new life for himself mm. by coming up, doing the best material he'd ever done, condensed into a show. So I did this show about being a dad and it was mm. sort of like, it was okay. But I relied a bit on like, you know, little tricks and things like that. And it was fine. And then I did another, I can't remember the order of the shows I did. 
And Where then, was that show that you do it on? That would have been at the Pleasance. At the Pleasance. Yeah. And then the next show I did was about... Um, oh, I did a nice one about called My Ever-Decreasing Social Circle. Nice. Which was about social media and, and friends and what they mean. Yeah, yeah. And I had, at the time, I had 360 friends on social media. Oh, That's all it was, it was early doors. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I sent them all a survey and they all filled it in and then I narrowed them down. And we had a big counter on the screen behind me. That's really good. And the audience, and then, so I got them down, depending on what kind of books they liked and what kind of food they, you know, got right yeah, down. Because yeah. the idea was, my grandma said, you, if you've got five friends, if you can fit your friends on the side, on your hand, then you've, you're set, you'll need five friends. And at the end of the show, I only had four left on the thing. That's amazing, yeah. And that's so, a really good, they see you say that you come up and just do something, that's a really creative. It was. So then yeah. I said, so I need another friend. So I got the audience to stand up and I did the process again with them until we sat down. So I found yeah. one friend. So every night I got a new friend. That's a really good... It was a lovely... That, that's a nice... That's a show... Like a, um, that's like a show you, I, you could watch. Like, it's yeah. an hour special. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great idea. So that kind of worked. I did that. And then I did a show called Seven, mm. which was all about the number seven. Yeah. So it's about the seven stories and the seven dwarfs and the seven... Seven C's, all about different sevens. Yeah, film seven. Yeah, it was all about seven. And in that, I got described as being like uh, Roy Chubby Brown sings Coldplay. That's what somebody <laughs> said about me, right? What's that even mean? That is a lame. That's somebody who got, oh yeah, that's really It's cool. like Roy Chubby yeah. Brown singing Coldplay. That's what the description was. And I took umbrage with it. It was in a review. And so I was doing stuff about Snow White and the, the poster, I don't even remember the poster, it was me in a Snow White dress, and it's called Seven. And I had this Snow White dress on. And I had it on stage on a mannequin. So at the end of it, I kept saying, I went, there will be a costume change. Yeah. So at the end of the show, I walked off, took the mannequin with me, and I walked back on as um, Chubby Brown singing Yellow. <laughs> that is brilliant. Yeah. That's what you should do. Yeah, I love that. So I did uh, a loads of, I've done loads of, but recently it's been stand-up shows. So it's been, yeah. you know, just me and a mic and... Because you tour regularly as well, so it's good to get a show yeah. set. You're touring this straight after. Yeah, I think I'll do. I think the sort of plan for me is to do an Edinburgh Fringe show every two years. Yeah. Then tour it for like 18 months and then start writing the next one. Mm. That's what I like to do. And then might come next year and just do a week and, you know, do a week of the show if, if, if anybody wants me. Because I, I genuinely do love it. And I think, I think it makes me a better comedian, makes me a better person as well. What is it that you love about just that daily? Being in the same place every day, mm -hmm. waking up in the same bed every day for a month for a comedian. Yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. Not traveling. Traveling's there. It's the worst thing about our job. Yeah, yeah. And the more the trains and the roads are so bad. It's all like that. I like the creative buzz around everybody. I like the positivity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I say like the positivity. We're recording this on the second day of my <laughs> We'll be checking in with Justin on day 12. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? If I see one more fucking Oxford student <laughs> sketch up, if I see... My favourite thing at the moment is, and mates of mine as well, who are putting posts on social media going, listen, guys, I've got no PR. I've got no social media. So if you could share this, I'm like, just ask us to share it. Yeah, Don't yeah, try yeah. and make everything into a guilt trip and be dead sad about it. You use the month to grow a bit as well. That's what I always think. Definitely. Um, we've got. Uh, I think we've you look covered clean a lot. shaven, Phil. Well, thank you. I, well, I shaved yesterday. Yeah, you're looking. You look. Your skin's looking good. And thank you. I don't smoke anymore. Obviously, you were telling me to quit for a long time. Mm. Oh, well, 
and I tried to book that hypnotist. Yeah. And I rang them, I booked them in, and then they said, we want to chat just before, and then she rang me, and uh, she asked me a few questions. She went, the thing is, if you don't want to quit, this won't work. Do you want to quit? And I went, no. She went, okay, well then, let's not do it. I went, okay. <laughs> and then about a, f- a few days later, I was like, I'll just do it then. I don't need her. And then I could quit. And I was like, God, she was good. <laughs> she was really good. <laughs> she so did how that. did you quit? Just willpower? I just, yeah, I just stopped. Which is weird because I really... How long is that? Six months now. And I didn't, I'm not vaping or anything no. either. I just thought that would just become a thing. Yeah. So I went and bought 0% nicotines. Also, yeah. I hated the, the vape shop experience. Have you ever been to a vape I, shop? No, but Tom Rigglesworth makes me laugh every time he talks about them. It's <laughs> just run by blokes who used to run hi-fi shops in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> that is so, spot on. So you go in and they go, right, what kind of rig are you running here? That was it, yeah. That was exactly <laughs> yeah. it. I went in and it was this guy. And what freaked me out was, you know when you look on Google, uh, like they go on Google Maps, right? yeah. and it shows you pictures inside the shop. Yeah. And the guy, it was like, I, I, I went, that is exactly what I thought the person would look like. Yeah. He just stood there with his hooped earrings like, yeah. and his beard. And I was like, <laughs> mid-30s, and you could tell it's not quite worked out, the graphic design thing, and uh, uh, skater stuff on. And I went in the shop and he was there, stood in the same position. I was like, <laughs> The best one I've ever seen was a, was a pram shop in Wigan. It's just yeah. prams and vape shop. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly what's happened is someone's got pregnant and they've had to give up smoking. <laughs> Let's buy the pram where we get our vape from. That is amazing. Oh, you, you, you swap the pram. <laughs> <laughs> you trade it in. Um, How long are these episodes? Five minutes? This one, three hours. <laughs> but uh, from your poster and from you as a, a generally as a person, I'm getting very uh, chilled vibes from you recently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is that what the show is about? Is it about, uh, t- you know, just relaxing, looking at the, what's important in life? So in 2000, I had a nervous breakdown. Right. So... Uh, I kind of lost my way a little bit. Mm. And um, you wasn't expecting that, was you? No, I wasn't. <laughs> oh, God. Just one second. I'm just going to put my soundboard on. <laughs> the great job <Jill> thing. <laughs> no, so in 2000, I had a, I had a sort of mental health wobble. Mm. I don't know what you call it, a nervous breakdown or whatever. And uh, had some counselling, some therapy. Had some relationship troubles. My dad had died previously to that. I'd not dealt mm. with it very well. And I kind of like... Cause you know, I have been always sort of like, when it comes to things like mental health, been, you know, absolutely fine. Yeah, never yeah. had any problem, never had any issues, never understood what anxiety was or depression or anything else. But then I went through these little wobbles and you start talking about it and you speak in therapy about things and other things come out from your childhood and you realise, you go, oh yeah, yeah. Our entire family are fucking nuts. Yeah. Like things that have happened in our family, things that, you know, th- very personal things that have happened with grandparents and things like that. And you go, oh yeah, this now all makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. But it's always been brushed under the carpet. It's always been forgotten about. So it was a bad time to have a bit of a nervous breakdown, really, during a pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got through that with a lot of help from friends and medication and, and other things. Got through it. And... Uh, you know, every every day is a mental health day. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't want to be... I, d- I genuinely don't want to bang on <laughs> yeah. about it because there are people who are far worse off than me and there are people who are not anywhere near what I was. And I just... I sometimes say in my show, and I forget to say it sometimes, that if you are struggling with anything like that, mm. especially men, just talking about it does help. Yeah, yeah. 
it's such a weird machismo thing that you think, I feel a bit awkward about this. Oh God, like, and I could ring Mick Ferry. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Mick, I, I'm feeling a little bit unsure about my position in the world. <laughs> but Mick would be a great person to ring. He is, yeah. Well, Rob Riley would be a great person. You'd be a yeah. good person to ring. I'd be a good person to ring. Anybody apart from a right prick, yeah. and there are a few of them about, would be a good person to ring. So that's what I, 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 the show is a little bit about. And it's about being middle-aged and about knowing your importance in life and about men and, uh, and that sort of thing. And, you know, I'm not a man's man. I'm not like a... Uh, I think sometimes when people hear my voice and see me and assume my comedic persona... They would, might be surprised with the stuff that I do on stage because it's not. Yeah. It isn't, you know, blokey. It isn't birds and fags and booze and that, you know. Well, this is it. That's what, um, as you were saying earlier, like you, the people in Edinburgh that you're not on these lists and things. But that's, I, I mean, I, I don't know if that's true necessarily, but because it, I think it's a shame because you cover all sorts of topics. It's not mm. like. That's the circuit comic thing that we get a Definitely. lot in the Northwest. I think it, it still is a prejudice there, a northern voice. Who does the clubs in Edinburgh? Is still a yeah, it is. Yeah. No review ever describes a southern comedian as being southern. No, mm. they wouldn't say something like southerner Sean Walsh. Yeah, no, you're right. It's a, it's you an know, odd. southerner Paul McCaffrey. But do you fact is that why you found that then that you you found it harder to talk to people? Do you think you were worried about the thing that comes with being a northern bloke? No, I just don't think I, I I don't know. No, I think I just don't. I didn't know how you did it. Yeah. Because I'd never experienced it before. I think that's the thing. I don't think I worried about it because I love talking about myself. <laughs> I, I, mean, love... I mean, I only came in for a soundbite. <laughs> <laughs> I love talking about myself. So no, I think it was the fact that I'd, you sort of think to yourself, I don't know, I'm presuming most people listening to this will know what I'm talking about. Most people have either experienced their own personal mental health mm. journeys or they've known somebody who's, who's struggled Mm. the thing is about it you find you you minimalize it yourself so you say oh i'm just in a bad mood i'm just grumpy i'm just i'm just it's nothing it's nothing it's nothing and that just feeds it and what you do is you end up pushing everything down and eventually it just bursts and that's mm. when you have a problem being aware that you're struggling is very difficult to do and i think it possibly only can happen when you're either been through it already or you know somebody's been through it or somebody said to you, listen, don't feel like that. It's a good mate of mine, Jim, Barca Jim on Twitter. Mm. He's a, Jim Burke, he's did a bit of comedy as well these days. Mm. And he's a bit older than us. He's a good guy, really good guy. And when my dad died, he phoned me and he said, uh, uh, how are you? I said, oh, I'm fine. He went, just take care of yourself. Check in on yourself. Don't mm. let anything get, you know. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Next thing you know, hello, doctor. Yeah, <laughs> what yeah. you prescribe? Oh, so yeah. he gave me the advice, and I didn't listen to it. So, but being yeah, being aware. I don't think it's of... affected my comp. I don't think it's the same thing as. No, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Phil is the answer. It's. I think it's good now that we're in a. I know a lot of people are saying, "Oh, everyone just talks about their feelings and all this." And you go, "Well, I think that is a better place to be because I've." I've guilty of doing it uh, like you said even Mick uh, I messaged him the other night with something that was stressing me and he's like I'll call you tomorrow and then yeah. we had a little chat and that's it that's all you need sometimes is a little yeah. and being aware of your issues isn't always enough either is it? so you go I'm aware I'll just kick but, and then you still push willingly it down, push, push it down, it down yeah. move it to one side 
but yeah, you're right. Sometimes it is just you. You take, you hear it. You go, yeah, yeah, I get it. But you go, but we're all. I'm strong. I'm not like the other people. Yeah, I don't need this. Exactly. And then you go, oh no, we are. Because all it's like human. a badge of weakness, isn't it? Mm. Even talking about it, I if I talk about uh, struggles that I've had, I think some people will be listening, going, Fuck, another one. And then mm. I think I don't care about them people. Why do I care about those insensitive yeah, yeah, yeah. brutes? You know, I get I talk about mental health on my podcast quite a bit mm. as it comes up. Yeah. And the number of people write to me and go, oh, thank you for mentioning that. That You, you don't realise that to hear somebody who's relatively well-known talk about their own struggles, it's, it's a good thing, do you know what I mean? And, it's, you know, and it's an angle, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's a disability. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, that's it. Space, can't <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it, yeah. That's the USP. Top five depressed comics at the fringe. <laughs> Walk Surprise entry number five. Not all visible with your disabilities. <laughs> I've got self-esteem issues. Yeah, I'd give that half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> self-esteem shit stinks. Well, uh, it's worse than yours. <laughs> I, um, I think we've covered. I think we've covered all the wonderful aspects there. We've got your depression. We've got your depression. Nervous breakdown. Yeah. Why don't you go uh, to check out just his new show to see if he's actually out of the nervous breakdown or whether he's still... You really want to... I'd recommend week two. It'll be peak breakdown. <laughs> It'll be writing the set out in his own shit at the back did, of the stage. I didn't know he was doing a Liza Minnelli tribute. Mascara running. No, but, but overall, <clears throat> it's good. I'm through. You know, I'm yeah. in a good... I'm in a good place and uh, I'm happy and... I'm going to have to stop you there, Justin. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that's the end of the... <laughs> that was a good way to end. <laughs> Come and see me show if you want. <laughs> yeah, 7.40 at the... 7.30. 7.30. Oh, just feels like no, no, late. Yeah, I just heard the first 10 minutes is a bit slow. <laughs> bit fucking self-indulgent. <laughs> Goes on about depression way too much. <laughs> Uh, stretch and think at 7.30pm at the Gully Balloon Teviot. Thank you. Thank you very much, Justin. Uh, wonderful to talk to you. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, episode four is out tomorrow, featuring the wonderful Sakisa. We've got so many great guests coming up. We've got Emmanuel Sonobi, Jacob Hawley, Erica Eller, Aaron Tett, Ori Styler. We've been so lucky to chat so many amazing comics. Please do share and subscribe. And why don't you come to my show? It's 6.40 at the Caves, just up the road. Every day except the 15th. Thanks for listening. Listener.